We continue reading tonight from Paul's letter to the Philippians, uh, chapter 2, verses 19 to 30, and I am reading from the English Standard Version translation. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. The word of the Lord. Reading Paul's letters always feels like we are looking over the shoulder of someone because the letters weren't written specifically to us. And tonight we are hearing a part of the letter to the church in Philippi that never appears in the three-year lectionary that assigns our readings on Sunday. So it may sound even more strange to us. So the first thing I'd like to do tonight is ask you to listen again to the text. Listen for a particular word or phrase that you hear. What sticks with you as Paul writes this letter? And after I read the text, I'm going to ask you to turn to the person you're sitting by or in groups of two or three and share what that word or phrase was just with each other and just from where you're sitting. This time I am reading from the New Revised Standard Version. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered by news of you. I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. All of them are seeking their own interests not those of Jesus Christ. But Timothy's worth you know, how like a son with a father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, and I trust in the Lord that I will also come soon. Still, I think it is necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and co-worker and fellow soldier, your messenger and minister to my need, for he has been longing for all of you and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. 
He was indeed so ill that he nearly died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, in order that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. Welcome him then in the Lord with all joy and honor such people because he came close to the death, to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for those services that you could not give me. The word of the Lord. So take just... Two minutes. Nope, no test, and you don't have to share publicly, just with each other. We're all pretty familiar with each other, so this doesn't need to be scary. Instead of buying a store-bought card, Paul works at creating a really personal presence in his letters. He says he knows that the Philippians are anxious because they have heard that he is in prison. He knows that they are waiting for news of his trial in Rome and that they are expecting Timothy to bring them that news. But he doesn't want them to be distracted from the main thing, which is living out their Christian life serving God. In another letter to the Romans, Paul describes the Christian life itself as an act of worship, urging the church by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So now, to help the Philippians be guided in his and Timothy's absence, he is sending another co-worker in the gospel to be with them. Epaphroditus, who came out of the congregation there at Philippi, and after an illness is now well enough to travel to them again, is being sent home to be with them. And the conclusion of this part of the letter is Paul commending Epaphroditus to the congregation at Philippi. He wants them to recognize the same gifts that he has seen in this man as a messenger and minister of the gospel, and he wants them to welcome him as they might welcome Christ 
himself. Often when I speak about the ways that we give or serve, I frame it as a response to what we have first been given. We love because we were first loved by God. We give because all that we have was first given to us by God. And I don't want to discard that framework, but I think Paul adds another dimension here to what it means to live out our Christian faith. The invitation that Paul issues to the Philippians isn't based on something they already have or have known or have received. Instead, he is inviting them into something new. Yes, God loves you. Yes, God is generous towards you. But welcome Epaphroditus because of the work God is doing in and through him. Welcome him and see a new picture of what God is doing. Encounter Christ in him. In Lutheranism, we have a churchy phrase that describes how we encounter God. It's the phrase, the means of grace. And we define the means of grace as the presence of Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit as a gift of the Father. And most often, we talk about the means of grace in the context of word and sacrament, which for us is baptism and Holy Communion. But in Because of This I Rejoice, Methodist pastor and author Max Vincent writes that one of the fathers of Methodism, John Wesley, describes acts of mercy as a means of grace. Wesley taught that acts of mercy are a means of encountering Christ. As we read Paul's letter leaning over the shoulder of those who came before us, I believe Paul challenges us to think differently about how and why we relate to other people. We can welcome people into the life of our congregation with a lot of good intentions. We anticipate the rich variety of gifts that new people bring. We hope for new or deeper relationships rooted in our common bond as brothers and sisters. We are thankful for the ways we learn from each other and from our differences. We can even be eager for others to experience the love of God that we know. But what about welcoming or serving one another with the expectation that we will encounter Christ in that person? Paul's words encourage us to see the person who may not sit in a pew with us as a person who can teach us about who God is and how God loves. And his words evoke the words of the writer of Hebrews who writes, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Let us pray. Holy, loving, and generous God, we give you thanks for your son Jesus and all of the apostles and disciples who have followed him, teaching us what it means to live a Christian life as witnesses to your grace. 
Open our eyes to see Christ in each person we meet and rejoice in the life we have together as brothers and sisters and as your children, united in faith. We pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.